seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Spent more money. We spent more beer. (laughs) What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Skip the Tutorial, where the only opinion that matters is ours and nobody else's. It's just true. It's just no offense. No offense. We look like a '80s. You know what I like about our window right now is we look like a '90s. uh, Where's those those open those public broadcasting channel like? (laughs) <laughs> like we did it all ourselves right. and pasted it in the camera right. and i was like you know what that's got some appeal to it somewhere todd how are you on a sunday man i don't know i'm, I'm doing i'm doing better obviously Good. getting a chance to to get on here and Hell talk yeah. about some shit that uh you know it's been nice in the entertainment world lately, man. I'm doing pretty good. I'm blessed. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Okay, so last night, my wife comes home. She's been at a baby shower all day. She's dealing with that thing. She's dealing with her family stuff. So I got man time all day tomorrow. By man time, I mean, I'm like, I get up on my roof. I, 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 I brush the roof off. I do some work in the yard. You know, I do some man stuff. And she gets home, we watch TV, she goes to bed, and then I get to do my nerd stuff at night. I end up staying up till like 2 o'clock in the morning, playing Final Fantasy fourteen and watching this old 80s horror sci-fi movie. I'm going to see if you ever heard of it. It's called Saturn 3. Have you ever heard of Saturn 3? It's, it's like 1980. No. It came out in like 1980. You know Kirk Douglas, right? You remember old man Kirk Douglas? You remember Farrah Fawcett? Yeah, man. So at the time... Yeah. Kirk Douglas is like 70. Farrah Fawcett's in her prime, fresh off of like Charlie's Angels. She's like 35. Beautiful as hell. You remember how gorgeous Farrah Fawcett was. Gorgeous. They are hooking up on the show, on the movie. And I'm like, the movie sucks. It's terrible. The only reason to really watch it is because of how bad it is. Because it takes place on like a space station with a killer robot. Harvey Keitel's there and he's being weird. They overdubbed his voice. The only reason this movie exists is for Kirk Douglas to hook up with Farrah Fawcett. That's how much power he had in 1980. He's like, I want a movie where you put me with Farrah Fawcett because she's gorgeous. I was like, that is that Kirk Douglas power back in 1980. That is that old man Spartacus. I'm going to hook up with the most beautiful girl from Charlie's Angels on TV. It's a terrible movie. Right. Horrible movie. So cheesy, so bad. But it was fun to watch while I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen. So it was a pretty good day. Man, that's, that's, that sounds like a lot going on, man. You know mm. what I'm saying? I'm glad that you can take in all, all that wonderful greatness. It, uh, was... it sounds like a man that was described like prior to the plastic started making men more womenly, according to Joe Rogan or something like that. I don't know. My home, my home girl sent me an article about that shit last night. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm feeling doing manly shit, man. Microplastics are shrinking penises. Nah, and 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 taints. That's what they say. You know what I'm saying? At least Joe Rogan. But um, but now I feel you on that because I got up this same morning. You know, we talked a little bit, fucked around, tinkered around with with Pearly a little bit in the night before because of the you know lack of marketing in a way, which I think is kind of cool for that Dragon Ball superhero uh superhero movie. You know what I'm saying? Which obviously I'm a fan of. I mean, I got fucking Shinron. Yeah. Right here, 
you know what I mean? I, the the series has been out since the 80s, the manga, the show, the movies. I think it's like 15, 20 movies before this one. And I, I'm of that 96 era, the one of the beginning with the, you know, Super Saiyan era. So, you know, it was like, okay, fuck it. Like, I, at the last minute, because, you know, I'm, I'm a man on his own like Jeremiah Johnson right now. But so I got a schedule time with, sure. the, with the lady. I was just like, man, you know, she's thinking about coming over. And I was like, damn, I was thinking about going to see Dragon Ball whether you was coming over or not. And I forgot that she was down for that shit. I was like, fuck it, that's perfect. Yeah. So then it was on, like, the random side of it of, okay, so, you know, I, I couldn't remember the D-Box experience if we had done it before, but then I had to think back. We did go to the D-Box to go see Sonic prior to, like, lockdowns and shit like that. Now, that experience, it was kind of, I don't know, it was the regular screen. I generally like IMAX, and in the, in the D-Box experience didn't really make up for the price for me. Yeah, this one I was like, okay, well, fuck it, we'll try it again because it's the IMAX screen. So hold on, box and IMAX. Two seconds. How much of the difference is the price? Because I've never done the D box between the IMAX and the D box. How much more is it usually? I go like early bird, so I think it's like twelve forty five. I think I ended up for two tickets for the D box IMAX version. It was like forty seven dollars and twenty five cents after tax. That's the reason why this is important. Now this is a conversation kind of particular. To me, because of like the Saturday morning opportunity to watch a CG Dragon Ball movie yeah. in the D box IMAX and see if like there's a cost valuation, like if it's worth it. Personally, for me, it was fucking worth it, my friend. Yes. Like I thought I needed that. You know what I mean? Now, to for some people, I'm gonna tell you like this: like it's a good idea to bring your old lady or your your your, your, your young woman, whatever your princess, your queen, but. You might want to adjust your sheet seat and it might not be for everybody because that bitch will give you like an epileptic people, something like that. If you got problems with lights and shit like that, you yeah. don't eat a hot dog. Don't do no shit like that because you might might have a, a bit of a neck problem. But um, but yeah, man, I had a, I, I got to be careful. I, I, I want to conversate with you, but I don't want to be one of the people that's going to spoil it. I think that's a big no, no with yeah. this one. I think if you're a fan of it and you spoil it too much, you might as well not spend that kind of money. To go to that experience, yeah. Uh, but I had like for me personally, <laughs> I feel like the movie was perfectly made for that D box experience, plus the IMAX screen. And those that like gripe about the animation generally are people I don't think that have ever really that they may not be very good at, at like even right like drawing stick figures and shit like that. Like I thought the animation was fine. I think it actually gives them an opportunity to do way more. For the first time in a minute, I actually fuck with that animation a yeah. lot. Like, it's not perfect. It's not all the way there, but I have, like, a real appreciation for what they did with it. Like, it's dope as shit. You know what I'm saying? To me, it came out to where it was one of those things I heard that Akira, Akira, Akira Toriyami, the creator of it, had an issue with recreating sale because of, like, trying to redraw the spots and shit like that. Yeah. And even though... They might have already spoiled some shit, probably. But anyway, it's it's uh it's all over Reddit it was just right now. Very well. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's that's the hard part about it. That's the hard part about it. Like, you know, but I mean, it's still worth watching. I think it's gross like 21 million. But anyway, besides that, what's really dope about it was for me in the Super Saiyan world, as the the nerdy side of it, it's one of those things where Piccolo was like the realest nigga on the show. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was the one you can't could, that like that I connected with the most. I didn't. I'm not connecting with Mr. Popo like that because this shit didn't make no sense. So the closest I could get to feeling like it's the realest nigga on the show yeah. is Piccolo. 
and the fact that they did him justice and they finally took the bitch out of Gohan, it just it was just a magical fun fucking time. Not better than Broly. Not better than Broly. But with the CG IMAX experience with the D box for me, I had a really, really, really good time. Like I already kind of gave up. I mean, going down the characters with the what is it, the Red River Army? I can talk about the shit that's in the trailers for sure. The way they yeah. took it back, the way they had an explanation as far as uh, you know, just the backstory with Doctor Giroux, the way they kind of caught you up to speed even if you weren't really a fan of the show or the manga anything like that i think it made it real easy for the story to be followed so that was dope and then the focus on like the fact that they made a full-fledged dragon ball movie without focusing on vegeta goku or broly beerus wise like any of the hardcore guy dbz you know i kind of fell off on dbz through super so this was like a good reset for me right and yeah, that's you too. can you can tell like the movie is catered to those that might have been in that era that faded to kind of reset now it's going to upset some like super dragon ball heads that, is, that are going to be like oh this doesn't make sense or that doesn't make sense some people again with the animation might be kind of nitpicky with it that's fine i feel like it definitely represents like the definition of art because it's going to create a reaction you're yeah. going to love it or you hate it like you know people gonna be like it's five out of ten i don't even want to put a number on it and i don't want to compare it to you know resurrection f or um the brawling movie or like the previous one it's kind of a new spin on it because it brings it back more to like a dragon ball-y style with the focus on like side characters the b characters that they bring up are real cool and it was a lot of fun and like little funny character times i didn't bust out laughing but it was putting that saturday morning smile on my face type shit uh that's it was the just beautiful a fun time. thing about that man the saturday morning smile that's if it can do that i'm in i'm a hundred percent in i looked around me i couldn't find any showtimes near me unfortunately i live in a red county so anime people see it and they're just like oh you like cartoons as an adult and i was like yeah i like cartoons as an adult because most movies suck these days and you cannot find an anime playing around here unless you drive like 30 miles into like downtown Fort Worth. And that drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. Dude, I want to see this movie so bad. It looks absolutely incredible. I love Dragon Ball. We both talked about this yesterday. We grew up on Dragon Ball. I got a, I got a bet for you, though. Not a bet for you. It's a, what do you think the IMDb score is right now? One out of 10 scale. One out of 10 scale. Cause I, I just, I don't want to guess. I don't want to guess. Tell me, man. Tell me. Okay. It's a Cause 7. I'm, I'm curious. It's a 7.4. It's okay. higher than the critics. Yeah, no, that, wow. Okay. Right. What's the critic score on it? 64 meta. 64 meta. And right see, that's now. like with this one, I tried to do my best before I talked about it with you yeah. not to look that shit up this time. So I'm, that's perfect time to look it up because, uh, yeah, it's, um, well, in the, I don't the, know, man, that's, the the lower scores are all scores of like people who should not be reviewing anime movies. It's like The Guardian, Paste Magazine, Austin Chronicle, and Movie Nation. And the higher scores are all from like IGN, Collider, Polygon. Like people who actually right. get it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean it, it feels like a good test run. And and like I said, the story is actually well done. Gamma one, gamma two. Uh, Dr. Hero, uh, yeah, Hedro, whatever, the, the yeah. grandson of Dr. Jiro and how that storyline comes up. I think the um, Magenta was the son of the original 
you know, whatever dude that was in charge of the, the army. Like all those characters kind of made sense in a silly ass way. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a lot of fun, man. And and even like I will say this: if you're a fan of it, you got to stay for the after scene credit too. You know what I mean? It, like that that kind of settles some shit. But uh, it was it was exciting enough for me, you know, and you to get back on here today. We, we've been meaning to catch up anyway. Where I was just like, okay, I can't let this go without talking about it. You know what I mean? Just might as well get up and be as crazy. As is the world is right now, you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, but I mean, did you have any insight? I, I didn't. Did I do? Did I spoil anything? I'm trying no. not to spoil too uh. much as far as like the surprises, man. I do want to say this though. It made me think about this, man. Um, happy birthday to my father. It was his birthday yesterday. Yeah. It was really a story to me that I focused on as far as the father aspects of it and the aspects of who Gohan's real father is in a lot of way like the father figure that actually raised him and helped him and is always pushing him to be a better man and like the fact that goku is like the worst fucking father in the world but it's also one of those things where if you got to reach that insane level of of you know just talent and, and and just be that ceo crazy type of person you might be like a horrible fucking father a horrible goddamn person and it takes other people in in people's lives to be the, that figure because yeah. honestly like pan was dope like really, Piccolo is more of a grandfather to to, to Pan than than Goku is. But you get it, because I mean, Goku was out there doing his Goku thing, you know what I mean. But the fact that they were able to make a successful movie totally focused on Piccolo that if you're in the Piccolo, the Gohan shit, then you will be happy with the film. I think, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Piccolo, like I don't think most people remember. I mean, me and you remember, but it's like if if you were watching from the first season of like Dragon Ball Z when Piccolo first shows up and he's like training Gohan and like they really build that bond together and then turn around and like my favorite part of the first like couple of seasons of Dragon Ball Z is how crazy intense Piccolo is. And then you you start to see kind of like that core softness from him over the show where he has like real feelings for these these characters. He he drops the I am just the greatest warrior here to train and kick ass. And he starts to become like Piccolo the mentor. Piccolo the second father to Gohan. He's not just Piccolo, I'm going to destroy the moon. Because that's what I do when I train, is blow up the moon. And But to see that side of him come out every now and then and come back, that's the part that it makes me, it gives me, like you said, the Saturday morning smiles. Bro, that's because I, I, a big ass kid, dog. Like, can you yeah. imagine, like, they bring it, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm yeah. picturing it. I'm like, me and my old lady pulling up. I'm like, damn, it's Saturday morning. It's not too hot outside. Thank goodness. You know what I mean? It don't feel like the sun is directly on a nigga head right now. It's 11 something in the morning, get, getting some pizza, you know, fuck it, and uh, go up in here and make a day out of it. Like, again, now the D box thing might be too jerky for somebody, but I looked at it like for somebody that's kind of. On a, for my speed, what I want to do, I'd rather do this sometime than go to Six Flags. But it's, it's, a, it's a specific situation. Like I couldn't watch like IMAX, D Box, Black Panther. I don't know if I want to be crying and shit. You know what I'm talking about? We're fucking getting jerked around. But uh, I was just thinking of a situation though, where if porn theaters were still a thing, they'd probably be putting D boxes in those. I'm just saying, they probably would. Just I are, are they still a thing? Are porn theaters still real? Like that's I, what I'm saying, cuz you bring your old lady to the D box. You <laughs> read between the lines. Bring her to the D box. 
Get the man, popcorn bucket. Man, I'm, I'm, been I'm been sweating like a motherfucking preacher in a whorehouse. Mm. Man. But, man. uh, but yeah, man, that's pretty much, like, right now, if you're a fan of it more to the story, like, go check that shit out. Period. Man. Point blank. Have man. fun with it. Go check it out. You heard it first, second, or third here. It doesn't matter where you heard it from first. We're right. We are right. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Laird Lewis Farrakhan, <laughs> Alex Jones. We are the yeah oh, Alex man. Jones in some trouble. Fun, Did He's you see? Sorry to get off sideways. Did you see that news where his cell phone records got submitted to the court, Alex Jones, and he was sending nude photos to Roger Stone's wife? <laughs> like, no, bro. No, yes. no, I didn't. I yeah. didn't know. Alex Jones was sending dick pics to Roger Stone's wife. Like, <sighs> what is going on? We about to hear a lot of weird, perverted stuff, I imagine. Alex Jones always reminded me of, like, the way he looked and the way he interacted with the world. I was like, I understand he does, like, the conspiracy theory stuff, and he's super crazy and off kilter. But at the same time, I'm like, I bet he a freak. Like, when it comes to sexual proclivities, I always thought to myself, Alex Jones has got to be a freak. That is just got. Well, that's one thing I never thought about. But I mean, I guess with the the frogs <laughs> gay comment and, and all the other weird shit he getting into, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. more, you know, like I said, I'm more the the free Louis Farrakhan or Andrew Tate. Any thoughts on Andrew Tate randomly? I <laughs> like, hate did that he just, man. Did he just lose it? Really? Uh, is that the reason why he lost his rights to speak? Dude, he is. Look, okay, I'm not a big fan of banning people off of social media platforms. But this man is creating a whole new generation of incels and like his methods. Like he basically has a course that you pay $45 for to teach you how to be a douchebag. That's this kind of guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I looked into the the Hustler University, like the thing that he's doing, that whole Hustler University stuff. And I was watching like some videos on him. And because I got curious because he came up on uh, Ethan Klein's podcast, H3. And I was like, they were beefing. So I was like, what's going on here? So I, I, I'd never heard of him before, before H3 gave him, you know, uh, some attention, if you will. So I started looking at Andrew Tate and I was like, okay, so his wealth is false as far as, okay, accused possibly is what I'm saying. Like his whole like pre-wealth pre-internet stage where he had all this money and stuff supposedly it's not real i'm not sure i can't comment on that but what i can say is i watched some videos with him and he's got this fake persona where he is teaching young men how to be dicks for no reason other than to be a dick and what it reminded me of and i'm not accusing him of this but what it reminded me of was kind of like those those flags that like white supremacists use. Like, I'm better than everybody. It's the Raskinikov crime and punishment theory. Like, some men are built to be better than other men. Therefore, I can take what I want and give you the attitude and give you the issues. Basically making male Karens is what it is. That's what it, whatever the definition of a male Karen is, that's what he was trying to create. And so he brings along, he creates Hustler University, which is $45 a month. It's a bunch of videos on how to be a dickhead. And then he's, but he's made millions off of it. Like, he has made <laughs> millions off, because there are men out there who I would guess you would describe as quote unquote beta males versus 
alpha or sigma or whatever the internet definition of this is. And so they are desperate to try to figure out how to become, you know, go from being a beta male to being a alpha or sigma or however they do it. Um, you know, and that's kind of the thing. Like he preys on, he preys on character characters who are weak. Essentially, if you've got a weak character, you're probably going to fall in line with. Ain't this he guy. like a kickboxing champion or some shit though? I don't know, man. Let me see. Ain't he like a Muay Thai champion, like three time world time actual and real life Muay Thai champion? I want to know. Let's find out. Hold on, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull up Andrew Tate. Let's see. Like that's the thing about it. That's the crazy part. Before I even really was able to get a chance to even dig into it, I heard he was silenced. That's. I, I didn't dig into it that much. I, I really, it was a random sidebar. But I did hear something about that, like, randomly. Like, that's how he acquired his fame initially or whoever the fuck he came, became to be. All right, like so a, kickboxing. In 2009, Tate was reportedly employed in selling television advertising. But since 2005, he had practiced kickboxing. He had practiced boxing and martial arts on the side, finding under Storm Jim. That year, he won the International Sport Karate Association Cruiserweight in Derby, England, and was ranked number one in his division in Europe. Though he had won 17 of his 19 fights, he said it was his first belt and title. He won the ISKA world title in a rematch against Jean-Luc Benoit via knockouts. Uh, he, yeah, so I mean, it looks like he actually was, uh, you know, a pretty decent kickboxer here. I didn't know that. So yeah, man, he's a fucking Jean-Claude 1980s <laughs> kind of machismo. That's what you it know, is. kind of fucking, that's so it's kind of dystopian and weird. Like, I don't agree with all that shit. Like, I didn't, I don't think fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger should have been the governor, but I mean, I'm not mad about it. I get it. You know what I mean? I like twins. I like Danny DeVito. You know, I like, I like. Like, of course, he's going to be a meathead and say dumb shit. And, exactly. You know? Exactly. Not to say that, like, I just don't, I don't know. Like I said, the thank you for confirming that, though, because I thought I had heard, like, you know, that's what it was about. But, yeah, I didn't want to get too far off on the sidebar. I know, I mean, did you still want to talk about your love for Dragon Slayer? I know we kind of got, yeah, got, I'm Deep Dragon, Demon Slayer, or, I know we got off track with the Andrew Tate shit, but it is, it is good to catch up with you randomly and just be foolish with the tribe put some content out and so here is the old podcast here is yeah. the thing about tate that really got the attention so it says throughout 2022 tate is considered to become a cult-like figure on social media to many young directionless men across several english-speaking countries catering mm-hmm. to anti-feminist views in particular the white ribbon campaign a non-profit advocating against male-on-female violence considered tate's commentary extremely misogynistic and its possible long-term effects on his young male audience concerning. Hope Not Hate, an advocacy group against racism and fascism, commented on Tate's social media presence might be a dangerous road into the far right for his audience. And in 2022, he was banned from Facebook and Instagram for violating their policies on hate speech and dangerous organizations and individuals. So that's what it is, is, you know, he's been identified. It's it's that same... Uh, uh, who is it? Who's the guy who facts don't care about your feelings? Ben Shapiro and like it right, right, right. It gives, Quantum TV. Yeah, I got my titties out like Review Tech this Quantum this morning, man. I don't see if I can get away with this shit. Maybe I can put some cucumbers up. But basically, what it make does weird noises are relaxing. These are the kinds of dudes yeah. that influence people who don't 
have a lot of free thought in their head because they want to be that next level in their mind. Their next level is like, I want women. I want cars. I want money. I don't care how I get there. And they're going to listen to anybody who comes along is the reality. They don't have airheads. You say, (laughs) I'm not saying airheads easily influenced. They actually prove the more intelligent you are, the easier you are to manipulate. So here Mm. I am laughing at Beavis and butthead. I'm blocking out the world. I'm not going to get manipulated because I think fart and dick jokes are funny. And you're not going to manipulate me into thinking anything else because I'm perfectly content sitting on my couch watching Beavis and Butthead. It's still fun. Man, and all things come together like booty cheeks I miss on the that clap. Because clappity clap. Clappity, clappity. clap. No, nah, you good, bro. Yeah, man. That, and, and so be it. But yeah, man, so you finally caught up with Demon Slayer. So getting back on some nerdy shit while we just talking out. It's, you know... Man. Sunday coffee talk is catching up. I, I, you know, Demon Slayer Inosuka. I am. I Tan- am. Tanjiro. I am completely caught up on Demon Slayer at this point. I don't have any more episodes to watch. Tanjiro, Nezuko, Inosuke, Zenitsu, Zenitsu, whatever, however you want to say it. Rengoku? Rengoku? <laughs> Dude, I'm at a point where it's just like, this, this may be. And I think we talked about this after I caught up completely. I was like, this is the DBZ for a new generation. Like, I could see people talking about this like we talked about DBZ back in middle and high school. Like, Well, that's another reason with the – not the hold, your, hold your thought real quick yeah, just yeah, to yeah, tie it together. I thought about this, like, with the animation in this new kind of style, which I don't think and hope they don't do that on every Dragon Ball movie. I think you got to think they got to try to compete with the animation for fans with Demon Slayer because that shit is – Excellent. And they definitely mix in the CG in there perfectly. I, I wouldn't even compare the two. Like, Demon Slayer's animation is not. It's, it's top tier. It's art. But yeah. It's art. But I could see how that DBZ just kind of trying to connect for that market space. Yeah, but Demon Slayer is way better. But go, go ahead, bro. I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah, no, no, no worries, man. Like, it is just, it took me a while to catch up on the full story of Demon Slayer. I was kind of going back and forth. I'd watched the um, train movie. And the meeting you were talking and I was sitting in my office one day and I was working and I was like, I don't have anything on. And I went back and I checked Hulu on Demon Slayer and I was like, I missed like the last four episodes of Demon Slayer somehow. Like before the movie, I was like, I don't even know how I did this. So I went back and I started watching it. And man, this show after a certain point, especially when you get to that mansion saga in the woods, just kicks off to a new degree of insanity. And you can tell where they're going. You can really tell, you know, that they're building, uh, they're br- building up Tanjiro to like be that dude. He is gonna be that dude. His power levels are absolutely insane, and just like, but the combo, the interesting combo for me is like having his little sister, who's supposed to be a demon, or she's a demon on the other side, who's that chick. She is that badass chick, like. Her transformation, especially in the last, in the Entertainment District saga, just was absolutely insane and over the top. The fight sequences in this, they they don't feel drawn out, is what I'm saying. Like, they feel like every moment has a point to it. And they do such a good job bouncing back and forth between characters and the storylines with the different characters. But the one that always takes me by surprise Every time, well, especially the first time that it happened was Zenitsu. When he falls asleep and becomes just 
he's like zen and he's a king like he is he's like that zen warrior who you see in the old uh samurai movies who just takes on 13 dudes at once and they can't do nothing about it it's beautiful yeah it's man beautiful it's beautiful it's dope it's beautiful the manga's great and i mean they had michael jackson in it, it so does. you know what it i'm does. saying as the most powerful demon in the world which made all the sense in the world to me because so I'm just glad that you know my love for Demon Slayer. Not like now you get it a little like we're, we're shit. You might have surpassed me a little bit on it. I need to go back. I think uh, I still ain't even finished up the second season. That's what it is. So yeah, man, you man it's totally worth to get it. back on it, bro. Yeah, they got the dubs out and everything. And look, I know in the anime community, there's dub versus sub argument. I'm always gonna be a dub guy. Like I, I it's man, it, it just to what is what it is. It ain't that deep. It ain't that deep for me. It ain't that yeah. deep for me, man. I'm not that. I'm not. I'm not an animation eye, bro. But it's definitely something that I'll get up and talk about. I mean, I got like again, Shinron, bro. Shinron. Yes. Yes. Fuck it. it and you talk about you know emotions, about? emotional movements in an anime. Like they don't like the fact that you gave so much time in these to like give the demon backstory, whoever they're fighting, to show where they came from. And the whole parallel in the second season Entertainment District arc where it's the brother and sister demon and they're explaining their... Like, you feel for them. You straight up feel for them in a way that I didn't Bro. think was possible. Like, they do they, such they, a good they job. They do such a good job with character building, bro. Like, yes. you have different characters everybody can connect with. Like, Tondra, I'm a big brother. Anybody yes. that's a big brother who would connect with that? You know what I'm saying? Little sister. Ah, yeah, bro, it, it's just it's it's top notch. It's well done. And you know then Anosuke, like just Anosuke is full with it, bro. What's <laughs> what Aaron said? Beast breathing. Yeah, man. Beast breathing, yeah. bro. He saws that lady's shit, head off. I know that's your favorite. Just start sawing, and I just start. I dying. told you, man. This last manga I've, I've been reading with Ren Goku, like the backstory and how he became a, a Hashari, and just like that first uh, the top tier demon he had to kill. Yeah, uh, it's like dirt, bro. Yeah, that's this top notch. It's, like, it's just and it's caught up in a culture with like DBZ. You go to the tattoo shops and everything else. It's a whole culture built around it. You know what I mean? But now I'm glad you see why. It's tasty. It's, it's, it's a good family. Tasty. Tasty. Oh, that was just another another well done story, man. It, you know what I'm saying? It's it's those underlining tales about life that I kind of like in any of the like goofy anime stories, especially things that you can stretch out over years. I'm just glad we able to catch the beginning of like a demon slayer instead of like, you know, I, I missed out on one piece of shit like that. Uh, shout out Dan. You might actually check this one out, but yeah, bro. Um, Tasty. one sidebar sidebar, just since we talk yeah, about yeah, anime before we yeah, get into yeah, yeah. anything else. Cause I, I'm, I'm interested to hear something else that you brought up. Um, did you see the Tekken? series on netflix I, I didn't watch it yet but i saw it pop up on netflix with no fanfare whatsoever and i'm like okay, right i'm gonna be watching that this week I'm definitely okay yeah because i might check it out because i'm definitely like debating on which motherfucking streaming service i can cut inflation is real fuck all that yeah. not like do i need <laughs> but see that's what i said netflix always keep one motherfucking thing keep me dangling and shit like that so that'll probably be the next right right she Hawk was good. Okay, I gotta watch. I know this, stuff, bro. She Hawk. Well, I enjoyed it more. Than, okay, She Hawk was better than I expected. I enjoyed it more than I thought. It was funny, and I, the fact that it was cool. I don't know how the rest of the series is gonna be. 
but it, it stuck to the canon. And uh, yeah, I, I had I had a lot of fun with that one too. I had a lot of fun with that one too. It was definitely worth it. All right, I'm gonna have to check out She-Hulk, man. I've been wanting to. I had my expectations were a little bit lower on She-Hulk, and I've kind of drifted away from Marvel. I've been reading a lot of comics lately, and most of the stuff I'm reading is like Black Hammer. I've been finally catching up on that, and like I've been going back through some of the old like uh, Image comics and stuff, like uh, Savage Dragon and stuff like that. And so it's just like getting through like to She-Hulk, and like I've been really pumped because McFarland, like Todd's been talking a lot about like the new Spawn movie. He keeps bringing hope into my life of like it's still alive, it's still alive, it's still alive. I'm like, please be alive. I know a lot of people didn't like the old Spawn movie. I love that movie. I I don't care. I don't care. I love that movie so much. Yeah, it's one of the worst movies that I love the most. I think yeah. Michael Jai White was on Vlad TV talking about how much he was just like it's a bad movie, but it and he if people like it, you know, great for them. But he he broke down why it was bad. Just as far as basically like without saying it sounded like like a coke raged fool just fucked up the editing to where it just messed it up even more mm-hmm. that like and during that time it was that whole uh that that's when like the birth of cgi like it it, it just goes to show you how far that shit has come yeah because even then that shit was bad like we still had mortal Kombat during that time which wasn't the greatest but you had a bar to set for these kind of cheesy things but i still love that movie too it, it was just representative of a time but now- i do want like if jamie fox is jamie fox supposed to really be in it because tom mcfarland Fucks it, kind of fucking it up, saying like he doesn't even want Spawn to be seen. Like I don't know. No, nah, like, I got you faith gotta in see him, Spawn. But. You gotta see Spawn. Like I think the perfect example of you do not let Todd McFarlane tell the story because I love Todd McFarlane's artwork, but I will say that he's not one of the best writers in the world. Comic wise, he's really not. Like that's why those first like twenty five issues of Spawn or so they they brought in people like Alan Moore. Because they're like, we love the art on this. We want this thing to succeed. But you're a terrible writer, Todd McFarlane. I mean, it's just the truth. It is just the truth. Creature design, though, nobody designs creatures like McFarlane. But I think the platform no is there and the, the, the actual like setup is there. Because if you remember, I know you remember. I know a lot of people don't seem to recall this, though. The Keith David animated series, beautiful. Absolutely. One right. of the best series of all time if you've never seen it it's on hbo go watch it the spawn animated series starring keith david is by far one of the best animated series they even brought the ice cream man in and he's like i think you could right i think you could find it free on youtube still i don't know i I might be lying about that but check that out kids check that out kids it's it's, it's probably safer than some other shit you watching but you just brought me to a point where as far as like lack of storytelling but great creature design have you gone back and checked out Elden Ring since the little update? You know, I know the player count has died down uh, like I 95% have but the 1.06. I have not. I want to hear about it. Well, I want to hear about it. Well, I mean, that's when I put that silly. That's why I'm glad we, you recorded today, man. We just get a little therapy. Yeah, of course, yeah. put the podcast out with the tribe. You know, check it out on Apple Podcasts or whatever. Please like and subscribe. I'm making people lose. Or leave, but um, for videos like the Elden Ring one I put out, but fuck it, I'm having fun and I'm still recording stuff. We talked about it on the first run when it was like super duper hyped and everything, right, and I was right. like, man, I'm a, I'm a save, I'm saving the Halic tree, I'm saving all this shit. There'll be a time where some fucking fuckery will come around and the man will try to hate or something will happen to where this will be a good time to come back and fuck with it. And just I haven't, I, I, I 
running through the like learning of the lakes or whatever i just killed the dragon there and it, it, it's like you said though the new game plus run is it almost feels like this is how like the game was supposed to be run like all the childish shit like i can actually go over it's still difficult you can still yeah die, but i'm kind of melting and it feels great it um i can see how you got completely addicted to it at first but i'm i'm I, it it smoothed it out nothing really like crazy i'm just glad they did fix the rivers of blood they fixed a few things you can tell they cleaned up that npc with uh vara or whatever i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to going through and, and getting my dual swords again i got my, my moon veils like i'm running through bosses yep. i'm trying to trying to get the great winter sword or whatever and i'm truly exploring that's the thing this time yeah like truly truly just okay now i feel powered enough where i don't feel like i need to be handheld throughout the whole experience so um i'm excited to see where it goes i hope they i, I hope they wait a long time though to put the dlc out you know let some other things breathe yeah let unity rebuild itself like this is an era for you know people like me probably to come back to it that didn't play it out initially just because it was trending every fucking day on google search you know what I mean? This is the time for me to come into it and really, you know, enjoy the game, build up my care. Plus, I just love my build. My build is just it's just stupid. It's just a dumb utility build I run around with. I kept I do have to say this. I was fucking tripping trying to one shot my recording and I kept saying that I had uh Uchi Gatana build or some shit. And it yeah. was like it's the Nakakiba. It's like obviously I was just fucking up, but the Nakakiba uh katana with Rikert's blasphemous breath blade. That's that's the actual bill with the bad motherfucker Samuel Jackson face. But I will say this, like going back to it, a lot of people are saying that Elden Ring is gonna change the open world. I, I think what's gonna open world design has changed from software design moving forward more than anything. Yeah. If you really think about yeah. it. It's it's a little bit of both, but like as far as the strategy when it comes down to money. The hardcore fans that love like the original Sekiro, Demon Souls, Demon Slayers, Bloodborne that I'll probably never get into. Those like yeah, it's more so from from software being affected by like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> like, no, I, that's, I see that's that. What I, that's what I think, and I see it coming. But it, I'm having a great time with it. No, I mean I think it's still. I mean Elden Ring is still going to end up as like my game of the year for sure. I I can't you can't put 220 hours into a game. And, you know, get all, get 100% in and get all the trophies and, you know, all the builds you want and stuff like that. But, you know, the thing about Elden Ring, like you said, is for me, this is a game that I put 220 hours in. And unless a DLC comes along, I've got no reason to come back to it right now. Like, I got zero reason to want. But part of me still wants to a little bit. Like, I just keep, like, part of me is like, I still kind of want to go back and explore a little bit and have some fun and, you know, kill some enemies and, you know, just really whoop up on some people. But it is by far, like, I think you're right, Todd. I think it's Grand Theft Auto. Initially, I had the fanboy experience of, like, this is changing open world for everybody. And it's like, no, I think GTA and the influence that GTA had is changing from software. I think from software is going a different direction because once I played Elden Ring, I went back to Bloodborne for a little bit. I went back for like, eh, probably about 10 hours or so. And for me, it was like, okay, I don't, I, I, I honestly, at that point, I was like, I don't want another one of these. I don't, I want another Elden Ring. 
I don't want another Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Like, I've played those games. I've played Sekiro. I've beaten all those games. I don't want another one. I want another Elden Ring. Like, give me another open world exploration where I can move around and get my ass completely handed to me if I step into the wrong area. That's what I want out of this entire experience. But it's still, like, it's amazing that people are still... Because I, I typed into Google yesterday, or YouTube, because we're preparing for the show. And I was like, I'm going to put in YouTube Elden Ring because I just want to see what kind of videos pop up right now. Still fresh videos. Still fresh videos getting yeah, bro, millions of views. It's fun, man. It is. I can, I it can is. get on there right now. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. I saved Melania. So it was still, like, when I got back on, it took me a second to get my feet wet. And you know, I got in there and handled my business, so that was cool. And I saved, I saved that. I saved. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Like I saved a couple of Moog. So first it yeah. was Moog. Like I saved people that even with the cheese at the time because I was hard headed. I didn't want to. I just waited. I just waited. After I destroyed Moog, I was like, oh, okay, time for Melania. I, I didn't think I was gonna get that done. I think it took me about five times. I thought I had the gameplay, but I didn't. I just got the screenshot. That's why yeah. I didn't put the gameplay up. But um. But yeah, with that, it kind of brought, again, it brought me back into where I was cheesing so much and farming so much where this run, I don't have to do any of that. And I know things, I know where it is, like I've been through it so I can go through and just kind of really see the game through like yeah. the real Elder Ring players do. Um, but I still don't take, that doesn't take anything away from how I feel about the challenge of the game because it's still stupidly dumb. Uh, in a lot of parts, you still it gotta is. get good at it. It's like it's it's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're really killing everything. But uh, it's still a lot of fun, like I said. But I do feel like it's a prescription for a certain time. It's not it necessarily is. like a healthy game to dive into all the time. Like you might want to mix it up. You know what I mean? Just like just to get. I, I love the healthy distance I've had from it. It does bring me back, and I will say this now after this conversation with you. I gotta be fair. It's gotta be my game of the year too. As much as I wanted to be contrarian as far as Horizon Zero, I mean Horizon Forbidden West. As much as I loved Turtles, you know, Shredder's Revenge, I love that game. If I'm gonna be really fair and honest about myself, it's gotta be my game of the year. It's got to. So it's yeah. fan- it's it's absolutely a stunning. Now, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the latter half because I think me and you both can admit, like, this has been kind So of far, a- right. Yeah, God this- of War I mean God of War hasn't come out yet, right. This from, I'm going to say from probably March until probably October, this has been kind of a gaming drought. There hasn't been a whole lot. There's been a few things like TMNT that have dropped, that have piqued my interest. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I've actually got on the way today from Amazon, so I'm going to be playing that this week. Um, But overall, like just new games dropped, or just there hasn't been anything crazy. Uh, after, Nancy Pelosi after fucking fuck with Taiwan and the semiconductor <laughs> chips are shortage. That's why. Blame them motherfuckers. Speak, speaking of speaking of blaming people, y'all got Republicans out there right now trying to bring up uh, uh, books on charges of like decency laws. So y'all better vote some of them out of office because they're going to be sitting there trying to censor people. And I want my sex and violence. I need my sex and violence. <laughs> Speaking of sex and violence, Todd, I played a little game last night for about an hour. I played the trial. PlayStation coming through with their new subscription program. I got to play the trial of The Quarry. The Quarry. The Take-Two interactive 
uh, QTE horror story movie game. Uh, I got to play a little bit of that. 2K. Um, I'm going to say this, man. I absolutely loved it. The, the, I'm, I'm going to go pick it up today. Like, they got out on sale okay. at Walmart right now. I'm not usually... It's super massive, by the way. It was 2K. I said take two. But um, I'm not usually a fan of, like, the QTE-style story, pick-your-own-adventure storytelling sort of thing, right? Like, we, we've talked about this before. Like, what was it? Heavy Rain and Detroit Becoming Human. Like, I understand why there's Detroit a Detroit Becoming Human almost got me. Almost. Like, I understand why there's a market for it. I totally get it. And, you know, I have not played any of the Until Dawns or Man of Medina or any of that stuff. Uh, I kind of want to go back, but I feel like I missed the boat a little bit on that stuff. But the Quarry came out, and I've been interested in it because, you know, you're talking about a horror legend with Ted Raimi being involved with this. Ted Raimi, who, if you're not into horror movies, that's Sam Raimi's brother. He's responsible for stuff like Evil Dead Maniac Cop. And Doctor Strange 2 was fun. Doctor yeah, Strange, ahead. Multiverse of Madness, uh, and a great little 80s horror movie, if you've never seen it, called Intruder, which is a bonkers freaking movie. I absolutely love Intruder. But that is Ted Raimi. I got to meet Ted Raimi at a horror con like six years ago, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life because he's so chill. He is so chill. Like, I got to meet him and Dario Argento together at the same time, and it was a beautiful experience. Dario Argento is, like, this amazing Italian director. Um, But the quarry, getting back to the quarry. So it starts out, the introduction is incredible. My wife was sitting there, and she's like, I want to go to bed. But there's there's couch co-op that you can play with this game. You can do couch co-op together. And I was like, okay, so that automatically sells me because my wife loves horror movies. She also loves playing video games together. And she's always, we're always looking for games to play um, that are going to allow us to spend some time together because I'm into gaming, but she doesn't game as much as I do. Well, we're sitting there playing it. I'm sold immediately when there's a moment where a scare comes through. It's a jump scare. And my wife screams loud as can be. Like almost to the point where I'm like, Somebody's going to call the cops and send somebody over. She screamed so loud. And I was like, I'm sold. I'm like a possible poop to the place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I will say this, too, PS5-wise, because I played the trial on the PS5. Todd, I don't know if I've ever seen a game as well-designed or beautiful. Like, just gorgeous shadows. Uh, you talk about water effects, the rain effects, lighting effects. They really put the time into designing this game they really put the effort into making sure this felt like what it needs to be which is an interactive horror movie an in like it is fully in force an interactive horror movie where like actors come on the screen and you're looking at their faces and you go it's like i'm watching the movie like they look just like the actor it's so hold on, so hold, hold your point to, to recognize the chat real quick. Aaron, you the motherfucking man. He reminds us Last of Us remastered is coming out in a couple of weeks. It is. Andrew brought up, uh, says, I love games that are basically movies until like Until Dawn, Indigo Prophecy, Heavy Rain. And he said something about the Black Man Survivor, so I had to shout him out. And of course, Curtis, you know. But um, but with those type of games, as far as like the design is concerned, like you were saying or whatever, so you're saying this is like you starting to see 
PS5 is, is starting to peel it, yeah, like peel it back and really show what it can do. And like I told man, like that's yes. what blew me away about Horizon, like just starting to see the PC aspects as far as in the console. The shit was, woo, woo, it's nice. So okay, all right, bro. I'm telling you all too, right. like if if you like oh, yeah, these kind of games. I'm, I'm, Dewey, I'm tripping. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My dog. At a whole moment. Yeah, at a whole moment. Um, of course. But if a you real like one. these kind of games, dude, like a hundred percent. Like and if you Dewey. don't like these yeah. kind of games, but you like eighties horror movies, that's what I'm gonna say. Eighties horror movies. That's what this is. Like David Arquette's in it, dude. David Arquette, fresh okay. off the new Scream movie, which has been one of my favorite movies of the year. I've watched it three times. Like David Arquette. You're a weirdo. I am a weirdo. Man. Right. I will always be a weirdo. Like, that's for damn sure. But the reality is, it's just like, it, in the interactions and the events, so far the story is keeping me engaged. And also what you feel is, and I want to see how this plays out in the full game, you feel like your choices matter. Because you will make a choice at a certain point to be either honest or to be deceptive or to push forward or push back or whatever it goes. And it will tell you, it'll flash up on the screen, path chosen. So at that point, you're like, you can't come back from this. Like, if you choose to make this decision, you cannot come back from this. Your path has now been cemented at that point. We had a character die in the first hour of the game that he's on the main poster. So I'm kind of like, now I want to go back and replay that part because can you make that character live? You know what I mean? Like, right, 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 right. It, it got, got it. me on there. It's that choose your own adventure flipping through the pages. And it's the this- permanency of decisions. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig it. And it's like what it. Netflix has been trying to do with the interactive movies um, that they tried with, like, uh, I think it was The Undertaker. They, they tried to release that movie last Halloween with The Undertaker and... Um, uh, New Day, which was kind of fun, but it's not as fun as like seeing the gameplay and actually controlling the characters and stuff like that. So I'm going to give the Corey a high recommendation. I'm going to go buy it today. Walmart's got it on sale for PS5 for like $49.99. And I was like, if I get that experience, because my wife even does not like to replay games, Todd. And she immediately, once we got done with that, she goes, I want to go back and play the demo again. Because I want to see if we can make different decisions and see what they do. So even she right, was like right. fully pulled into that that scenario. So this got me all excited. I'm all excited. Like, cannot wait to play the court. But you have been bolts and holes, my friend. You bought a different game, another <coughs> game. Going back, going back to the going back to the cover with Madden 23. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, look, man. Okay. It's just like any kind of video game sports junkie guy. I mean, I, I, I made excuses like I always do every year. Super justified this foolish, foolish fucking choice. I did skip Madden last year just based off of sheer, I'm not feeding into it, but they suckered me in with dead Madden, man. RIP Madden. You know what I mean? I do feel like he is still rolling over in his grave for what's happening. Yeah. I will say that my initial reaction. Do I hate Madden? Am I a guy that's just gonna come out here and say it's the worst thing ever created? No, like because it, it's a community that I have around it in this Kumite training time, and I may get into that. I might have to sacrifice 
2K this year. I can't do both of them, but I say that it's the Jordan that that they're, they're doing a great job marketing. I'll say that. I mean, the game it's the same game that's been out for ten years so far. Feels like with a couple of other little tweaks, it's the same kind of cliche stuff. It is just the bastardization of Madden that where I even really felt like I needed to talk about it. Don't you know what I mean? Like yeah. they they even start out with the Madden Legacy game, which is crazy because you're playing with Barry Sanders and Deion Sanders on the same team. So it's fun, and I mean it's. It's still football. It's still Madden. I don't. I mean, if you play Madden, you're not the the same cheese plays work primarily. I mean, the defense is a little bit better. It's not so easy. You know, I've won one game online. I got my ass kicked in the second game, which I really am still pissed off about. But the chess matches of it, the franchise seems to have a little bit of a tweak, nothing too major. So I wouldn't say like if you don't have a community already built into Madden, if you're not into it already, like don't. Don't spend your money or waste your money on it. It just reminds me, though, of like the original Madden and the story of Madden and, and how John Madden was so influential in the in the beginning to make sure that, you know, people got as authentic of experience and, you know, game changing experience as much as possible. Like it meant something when you heard John Madden in the game. Somebody got hit and it was like, boom, shit like that, like the personalization, the coaching. The actual true legacy, yeah. And I don't, I don't think they did. I don't think they did them justice in this one. So I just, I mean, it's, it's something I had to talk about because I, I spent the money on it like a fool. But uh, you know, man, I don't think. It's I, mean, a fool. I, don't I resubscribed to Final Fantasy fourteen, and I sit there playing for hours, and all I'm doing is picking up farming stuff. So it's right. just we we you have know. our own things, man. But it is fun though. Like as far as like for me, if you're into you know. The franchise aspects that you can manage your staff now and do all that kind yep. of stuff. And I like to cheese with free agents and I build an AARP team with all the old great players and cheat with, you know, find ways to cheat around and uh, signing people. I always play with the Saints. James Winston kind of trash this year, but it's still fun. You know what I mean? Yep. I just hate that they can't quite get it right as far as like true competitive nature. I still, it, it's 2K still has them on it like a, a better cleaner simulation experience even though it's a lot of cheese there um but yeah like when i get back in the league hopefully uh, that's really why i got it this year i, I kind of i got off last year but during these times you know crown holders is, is coming in i can see those ps5s pop up and i can see the certain yeah. madden players you know what i'm saying playing 2k working it out so but yeah, if you don't, if you're not really into that, if it's just kind of a super casual and you're not really trying to, if if don't get suckered in, don't be the old boomer like me getting suckered in, being like, this is the year I'm gonna come back because they put dead Madden on it. You know what I mean? You don't it's have to. It's a beautiful like, cover. Better. It's a beautiful. It is cover. like, and it they is. got oh, like they got seventies Madden on there doing this thing. You could tell, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and it's it's like if you into it, you already gonna get it and fuck with me. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll see if I can get you out inviting to. Our franchise, they got rules and people get kicked out and it's limited cheese or there's that that's what makes it fun. But yeah, man, outside of that, like don't get suckered into just that emotional because it was an impulse purchase when I bought it too. I'm not gonna lie, I just couldn't help it. RIP juggernaut, he would have normally I could I could hear my hear my dead homie calling down like say cuz you got that new man and I was like, <laughs> No, my dog. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but uh, it was definitely it was definitely something I had to at least touch bases on because of the great John Madden passing. Um, you know, and and one I guess in a positive way, the legacy is dope because he'll always be alive. But as far as just if you, I can't remember. You probably remember. I, I brought this up to suggest 
it was a uh, documentary done about it. I think it was on Prime Video about yes. like how Man was created. Yeah, they did. Uh, that, they yeah, did, if you if you come across it, they did the Prime documentary. There's also a great G4 special on Madden where they remind everybody, look, you may not be into sports games, but this game was important, and here's why. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that that's that's a good reason to kind of bring it up to go back and if if you're really a John Madden fan or a gaming fan and you know just in general as far as how games are made, good ones that stick around even when they get cheesed out like the Call of Duties or whatever, go back to like originally how it was made and uh and you know it's still relevant. So it's still John Madden's reaction. John Madden's reaction to the very first Madden game is still one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Where he was expecting the players to look real on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And he goes in there to look at the first build of the game. And apparently he screamed at the developers. He goes, what the shit is this? And he gets really pissed. Like, I can hear Madden saying that in my brain. Bro, like, exactly, man, because of mutt shit, like mutt and everything. Like, that addictive, sparkly shit that they put in front of you. I almost got in touch, like, want to fuck with it. And I just cannot do it. It's just like, no, this is not about football. Like, four-on-four football with glittery fucking shit coming out out of the back of the spikes and stuff like that like no especially now man go ahead and put cte in the game Do you it. did like put put put, put like if, at this point at this point because the graphics are so good they should be able to be honest and like have classic moments when joe theisman got his leg cracked in half by lawrence taylor <laughs> Do it. all right Do that's it. what i'm saying like that's when people don't like gripe about sports games it's shit like that like literally, like we have the technology now to make like make it like show that motherfucker with his ankle twisted all the way and really have it, you know, like really dig into this shit as much money as goes into it. Instead, they try to, you know, get us separate that margin as much as possible and get Chinese kids to buy mutt. But I guess they can't even do that anymore. Thanks to the Grand Dragon lock, locking them down for two hours a day playing video games. I mean, and that's the world we live in. So who's going to. I don't know. People are buying this shit. I'm, I'm rambling. <laughs> I forgot we're live for a second and I don't have a shirt on. I don't care. And I, I got my liver splashes on drink some water. These but it's like the like I just, Right, man. This is when the people didn't see like when people were just like, yeah, we want y'all to see what, how it was recording some episodes. This is literally how some of the episodes get recorded. This is how like it goes. A, a bunch of right. Where it was just fun and we had freedom of speech. I didn't have to worry about Getting kicked off of uh, anything like Andrew Tate for just, you know, saying stuff. Just saying crazy things. But yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I mean, look, man, NHL 23 is going to come out soon. I'm going to pick that up. Like, and I'm going to play it. I'm going to play through the, the franchise mode and everything like that. And the player mode. And this is the year I engage with my sports side. This is the year I really, truly engage with it. Uh, Madden 23 though I'm gonna, I, I want I'm sure you'll give us updates as we continue uh, throughout the recordings yeah man just replay I mean it's this bro I promise you it's the same thing like that's it's it's the same thing they're gonna try to yeah. they throw in field vision that's not even as good as some shit that was in Madden in 07 bro I promise you they had that shit back then like it was cheesy then yeah. it was better then in like, some ways I'm looking forward to the time that they lose that license and 2K can compete. Like I said, I want I want blood, man. I want at this point, like I want a version of Madden that's like the Al Pacino's any given Sunday. Yeah, maybe they'll get the uh, it's what is it EA and uh, who's the soccer people? Who's the big one? FIFA? Fucking uh, FIFA. 
Yeah. Like they lost that contract. So now EA's doing their own soccer thing and FIFA's trying to do their own soccer thing. And it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But the next thing that we've got on topic for today is one of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. One of the absolute most fun adventure ride, action packed, incredible experiences. Uh, we need the 80s come back. That's what they're coming back to right now. We're talking about prey. Just like inflation. Oh. <laughs> I want Contra. I ran Contra back. That's a controversy I could deal with. But we're talking about prey. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg's prequel to all the Predator movies. Uh, was it was it Navajo or Cherokee tribe? That this Comanche. Was? Comanche. It was Comanche. So basically, the premise of the movie is the Predator lands in uh, North America at some point in the past, and he's got to uh, face off against a uh, Comanche tribe and some French, some French dudes. The dude. Oh yeah, the Cajuns. That's my people right the there. Cajuns. That's the rape and the privilege. Yeah, yeah. The Cajuns. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Like it was nice to see Indians like portrayed outside of like shit like the Revenant though. It was. Like, you it know, was. getting raped. Yeah, like for real, right? Like actual, real, like display of what the culture may have been like. And I've heard they did some decent research into it. So they didn't just chalk it up to a sci-fi horror movie. They actually did some like decent research into how this actually would have gone. And this like French invasion at the time. And dude, like I love this movie. I absolutely love this. Were you surprised as me how well that did work out, though? Because when they first said it was going to be the Predator versus some Indians in the past, I was like, well, that just doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem like this movie. This is like a Mike Tyson fight in the late 80s. This is going (laughs) to be over with very quickly. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. And they really they really showed like the brother, man, her brother, the main character's brother was absolutely incredible. She was too. She absolutely was too. I mean, there's nothing to take away from her. And I love how like they they spend some time showing how much she's doubted in the tribe and they keep trying to put her into like this box of like you should stay home and have babies. Like you should stay home and help men to the actual tribe itself. You shouldn't be out wanting to hunt um or track things but they don't they she does not allow herself to be boxed in and i absolutely loved it um dude talk about the predator design too this like ancient skull mask like pre-technology predator with he still has the three laser trackers but they're arrows instead absolutely incredible um the the action sequences are some of the best action sequences i've ever seen displayed on screen just one of the most intense fun rides i've ever had i know me and my wife were watching it together and like she was glued to the screen and you're talking about a woman who generally if a movie even like causes her attention to stray for two seconds she's immediately on her phone looking at instagram and she did not pick up her phone one time in this entire movie not one time she was glued to the screen watching everything that was going on it's just this is the first movie in a long time especially not in theaters where i just naturally went back and ran watched it again yeah like like i just naturally went back and watched it again 
Yeah, no, nah, it was uh, it was, and it, it had proper expectations too. I think it might be kind of similar to some people that might enjoy Dragon Ball a little bit better than they anticipated. And I don't feel like they did justice as far as the marketing would pray, but it didn't put that extra expectation on it. You know what I mean? Like to yeah. compete with the original movie, which is still, it's still the best. You know, to me, it um, is, it is by far. But yeah, this is the second the best, best, in my opinion. That's how I was going back yeah. and forth between this one and Predators, and I would say this is the second best too. Yeah. I would just because of the well done job of how they built the progression in into the Predator character as far as like this is his first time on Earth. This is how it started, and this is how it kind of built up, like you said, all the way from really from like a snake to the French people with the yes. crazy motherfuckers. Like like and it brought it back to the basics. It brought it back to just okay, like that. Just sense of uh that code that like uh he, he just had he had a sense of like honor as far as like he he wouldn't yeah. just you know blow you away to blow you away and it did have one of my favorite fights the one between him and the bear like oh, that shit you know 100%. at this point yeah yeah it was it was it was def- definitely a surprise now what I did want to ask you about though does it make you feel differently that Disney is responsible for this no not <laughs> like, at all I didn't realize it. I, I don't care. I'm just like, y'all are good. Like, keep doing y'all's thing. I love this side of Disney. I love the rated R, hard R side of Disney. Like, keep bringing it. Y'all got some money. Pump some money into these hard R action sci-fi movies. And the one thing I'll say about Prey that I absolutely love was forever. They've been trying to get back to, like, they've been trying to show, like, the Predator is like a horror character. And he kind of, like, straddles that world between action and horror. But if you go back and watch the original Predator, that's not a horror movie. That is an action movie. That's what that is. And that's it's a sci-fi action movie. Yeah, you got the horror elements like he's got the camouflage and he can hide and you're trying to figure out how to beat him. But this 100%, like Predator for me has never been a horror movie. It's always been sci-fi action. And that's where they always strayed because when you went to Predator's the Predator, Predator 2, Alien versus Predator. They always tried to give it the horror element. Alien, for me, was the horror. Like, that was horror. This was always action. It was like the Outer Limits versus Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone Well, and that's, that, it's like you said, though. Right, that I think they lost their way a little bit with, like, the yeah. AVP, AVP Requiem series trying to mix yeah. up the horror and going too far, even though I, I did, like, the Sonar Lathan horror, like, movie with the old boy from the aliens with the pyramid underground. That was all cool and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Again, I, I still go back and forth as far as, remember, like, Prep, this was a very good, very, it was a good film. I but like Prey, that movie. Anyway, and I saw it on the big screen. I saw it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, like, this movie... I mean, the dog is one of the best mm-hmm. actors in the whole movie to me, and, and really the whole series, which was crazy. And it definitely made me miss my 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 vo- my dog Voodoo a little bit. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? But that character was well done. So, I mean, just down to it, it, it was one of the more fun experiences. And the fact that he could even get close to stand up to me, even thinking about, I still can't compare it to like the steroid driven action movie that you just dis- described with Apollo Creed and motherfucking yes. Schwarzenegger. Duh. You know what I mean? But Man, it was just... It, it's. I still love the original Predator more than all the other movies. And maybe that's the child in me and the nostalgia in me. I mean, it's an incredible... No, it's fun. better. It's, it's awesome. No, no, nah, nah, fuck that. It's better. It is. It's, it's better. It's, it's, still, it's better. It's better. No, yeah, but Prey is worth us 
bringing it up, having a conversation about and talking about. Like if if somebody hadn't seen it by now, you like it's yeah, you, it's it's Watch worth it. bringing back up, man. For the real, yeah. And I had a, and I had a good time that weekend too because like me and my wife watched like we had a double feature that night. We watched the Black Phone and Prey. And if you haven't seen oh, the yeah, Black I still Phone, gotta watch the Black Phone shit. Yeah. It's a good movie, man. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, real quick, uh, before we wrap up or with anything else, there's some gaming news out there. There's a little bit of gaming news. A little bit of gaming news. Okay. Um, so Death Stranding's coming to Game Pass on PC. I'm excited about Crying that. Crying babies. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Starfield, Bethesda's still playing with people's emotions on Starfield. That's that's that money. Just, that's that money. This bro. ain't the time to be playing with folk money, bro. Yeah, this ain't the time. No, Immortals: Phoenix Rising is coming to Game Pass. That was a fun game. I like. That's it. a great game to come to Games Pass. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, they've got a Disney and Marvel game showcase that's coming out on September 9th. I decided to see what the fuck that is. Yeah, I'm in too. I'm kind of interested to that. Um, THQ Nordic, uh, they've announced their lineup at Gamescom 2022. If you're going this year, it's going to be Hall 8. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be some information on Alone in the Dark, Destroy All Humans 2, an AEW game. I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. Outcast 2. Um, and then a new SpongeBob game called The Cosmic Shake. So if you're <laughs> if you're if you're into the Sponge, hey man, I like Battle for or Battle for Bikini Bottom. That's like I still have fond memories of it. When I went back and played the Switch remake, I was like, oh, this is so clunky. And then I went and bought the original GameCube game, and I was like, oh, this is much better. Uh, <laughs> so it is what it is. But you know, I kind of like what THQ Nordic's been doing. They've been getting a lot of properties up in the air. Uh, Sega Genesis Mini 2 is coming out. Sega Genesis Mini 2 with a complete list of games. Um, I know Ralio, he tweeted this out the other day. And I was I was watching the video. So here's some of the games that are coming. Afterburner 2, love it. Alien Soldier, love it. Atomic Runner, Clay Fighter. Love Clay Fighter. Like, Clay Fighter was dope. Earthworm Jim 2, Fatal Fury 2, Golden Axe 2. Um, these are just some of the highlights. Outrun, Outrunners, Fantasy Star 2, if you're into those. Shining Force 2, Shining in the Darkness, Sonic 3D Blast, Splatterhouse 2. I love Splatterhouse. Absolutely. Super Hang On, if y'all remember that from the old arcade days. Vector Man 2, Virtual Racing uh, Echo the Dolphin, the Sega CD version. And Final Fight, the Sega CD version. Fantastic. Night Trap! Night Trap's gonna be on And that's where we stop at. That's where we stop at, man, because it brings me back to the days where we were outside and we went to cons like Retropalooza and got to talk to people like the owners of Limited Run and you could get a copy, a hard copy of uh, Night Trap and I could question you know, my friendship with you. <laughs> next more. But yeah, man, I think because Aaron had to shout out, it had to go, man. I understand it, bro. Got to deal with life. I'm with you. I'm figuking it out, too. Don't you know worry, we're going to put this out on, on the audio version, too. Of so. course, of course. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, Dewey brought up a good point. <laughs> you know, Dewey, the DI, I got to say, Dewey was talking about um, 
Blizz swears up and down the forum post that Diablo 4 will not be pay to win. I saw that. Right. It says Blizzard confirms they said no loot boxes in Diablo 4. No loot I, boxes hey man, whatever. in Diablo 4. We'll yeah. see. We'll see yeah, how that goes. He, he's our he's our resident Diablo uh, professional, so I know you know he's gonna keep us up to date. You can check it out in the Discord and a uh, Facebook group. Um, if you still people still deal with that, you can check it out on the Yamara Twitter and or Brian's TikTok. Who he be TikToking, giving up all our information to the Chinese folks and the Russians. Oh, Putin! But I don't give a fuck. Uh, follow the TikTok or whatever if you would like. Like or subscribe. Um, I apologize Share my for the info. alopecia skin. But again, I'm representing. Look, Jada Pinkett. It's okay. Embrace your insecurities. You can. It's all right. I got fucked up skin too. I got alopecia of the skin too. It's all right. Be bald headed. My head's you know shining. My, um, right. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, give to Pope. Um, <laughs> hundred thousand dollars later. Oh, bro, that shit crazy. But yeah, bro. I mean. Man, it's a pleasure again, bro, just to fuck with you. You know, it's therapeutic. It's good to be with the tribe, as Absolutely. usual. You know what I'm saying? Just to put some shit out. Fuck it. Please check out Dragon Ball so we can talk about it again. Just I, I can't wait for you to see it. it. Yeah. But, I mean, what else you got? Man, I got anything. All I want to say is, before we sign off like we always do, actually, stt underscore pod on Twitter, facebook.com backslash skip the tutorial pod. We got the tribe on there. Discord. Uh, we got that linked up. If you want to join our Discord, bunch of great people in there. Great, great people in there right. that Discord crowd. Um, that's why we're still doing this. That's right. Every day. Well, not every day. We don't do it every no, day. No, we, no, man. We we've, we've been fading, man. You know what I'm saying? We've been trying, struggling, striving. We, trying we to are trying not to fade. We're not making promises, but um, welcome to the tribe. If this is your first time, go follow <laughs> us. Skip the tutorial podcast dot com. You can go check us out there. Um, bunch of backlogs up at skipthetutorialpodcast.com. I mean, it's got every episode on there. Yeah. If you want to go listen. Right, to right, right, right. Um, right. From the very humble beginnings to where we are now, which is post-fade. The universe speaks <laughs> to us. The universe speaks to us. Anyway, before we sign off for the day, I just wanted to say one thing, Todd. It's good to be back, and I also wanted to say stay humble. That's it. Stay humble.